Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Macatrillo here with you. Steve will soon be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Monday show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, RV, boat, you name it, they have it. One of the best in the business and insurance needs all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Lots of interesting notes from college football, college athletics over the weekend. Of course, you just heard Sandy Barber in her media conference with the media on Saturday. Several different things to take away from. Of course, the number one thing is, and of course, if you have any questions about this, feel free to call Steve up today, 1-800-795-9565. There will be indoor masking required for Beaver Stadium does not include the concourse. Is that still considered an open-air facility part? But all the suites, press boxes, things of that nature, that's considered indoor, and that would, be, that would require masking for uh, Beaver Stadium. And there's not going to be any vaccine mandate either from Sandy Barber. So we heard that over the weekend. And also some interesting talk, too, on her feelings on how things are going with this now alliance that is kind of starting to be formed now between the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. And, of course, Sandy mentioning that it's a lot more than money, which is interesting, but I guess there's some points there for if they want to keep things going on the academic side of things, which I guess is commendable on that part because, again, we're talking about student athletes here. We forget the word student sometimes, I think, and all this talk with the realignments and the TV money and name, image, and likeness and all that stuff, all of which I understand and I'm mostly in favor for, as we've talked about before. But here's the one thing I just I that kind of irked me over the weekend, and I know I'm just kind of falling into the hot take mess that ESPN does, but I just thought this he just sounded so stupid, and this is Paul Feinbaum on his show. 
He's just been, we all know he's basically an SEC hothead. He's been that way for a while. But he called this alliance between the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC, or the, looking like the possibility of it, we'll know in the next couple of days, it sounds like, as an embarrassment, and why they're not including the Big 12. Hello, are you not paying attention to where things are going right now? How many times has, has Steve said, and, and I agree with him, that nobody cares about the remaining eight teams in the Big 12? When it comes to football, this is solely about football, which you should know, Mr. Paul Feinbaum. So I just, I just think he just sounded just ignorant on the whole factor. Nobody cares about these last eight schools in the Big 12 because they don't give you the revenue. They don't give you the brand. That's stuff that Steve has talked about time and time again since all this started. You're not getting that for football. Except maybe Iowa State, but in the case of the Big Ten, you got Iowa. You don't need Iowa State. And no offense, I don't think Iowa State really does anything for the other two conferences. Sure, they may be good this year. They might be a playoff contender this year for the college football playoff. But there's nothing about them that screams anything to you if you're any one of these three conferences. And then Kansas might be half a thought, but again, that's more on the basketball side of things. Football, they've stunk for years now, other than when they were in the uh, Fiesta Bowl f several years ago, or one of the BCS Bowls. I forget which one. I thought it was the Fiesta Bowl. And then there's nobody else in there that really says anything. Who's this? I mean... Oh, I'm just ripping Paul Feinbaum's stupid comments. I know I'm falling just, into a rabbit hole, but I, I, he just the fact that he, he thought it was embarrassing that this alliance is possibly forming now between the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC, that they're not including the remaining eight schools in the Big 12. Is he not paying attention? Is he really that ignorant? Nobody cares about these, these final eight schools in the Big 12. Like, stop it. <laughs> well... Let me start with this about the alliance. It's interesting because Jack and I were talking about this last night. You know, after he was done talking about the um, about the suit, which wasn't pretty. Uh, you know, it's, the suit brings with it a lot of legal problems that a lot of people complain to me about. Just, Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. But we were talking about this last night. We both feel the same way about it. What does the Big Ten need this for? Can somebody explain to me what the, why the Big Ten needs to be a part of the alliance? Also agree with that, 100%. I mean, I don't think the Big Ten needs to be a part of it. No, it's a power thing. Power thing what? Power what? I mean, the Pac-12 needs something. The ACC needs something. The Big Ten does not. What, scheduling alliance? Oh, all right. I mean, uh, the Big Ten already has in basketball the Big Ten ACC Challenge, so there's an alliance there. The Big Ten also has the Gavit Games. That's the Big East, so they have scheduling there. All right. Now, if you want to do something with the Big 12, okay. I mean, with the uh, Pac-12, great. They tried two years ago. The problem was is that when it came time to uh, do this, uh, they... 
they looked around at each other, and well, USC doesn't have room for it in football. Okay, Stanford didn't have room for it in football. Okay, that's what's you know that's what's been going on. Uh, it's the suit. I told you not to call. All right, hang up. Done. F O U L E D. That spells falda. He has the show on in the back corner office. You'd think he'd have the common sense not to call. So, <laughs> hey. uh, you you wonder why Mertzi gets so anxious. <laughs> also, a valid statement. <laughs> Just let Mertzi do her job. She's you know she's the best at it. All right, so. What is the big? I mean, the Big Ten doesn't need to expand. They don't need to expand. What do they need to expand for? You can only expand if somebody brings value. Well, who does that? Nobody does that. And there's nobody out there that's going to change everything for you. I mean, look. I mean, I, I'll go anywhere they tell me to go, which is fine. I mean, if if they say suddenly, you know, hey, Kansas is in the Big Ten, I'll go to Kansas. It's fine. I'm just saying that on the surface, they don't need to do anything. You already have 25% of the country, 25% of the country already has the footprint of the Big Ten in it. 25% of the population in the country. What are you looking for? To me, the Big Ten should be spending exponentially more time on... Let's get our TV deal going here. We got twenty five percent of the country. We got big time brands. We got Penn State. We got Ohio State. We got Michigan. We have other brands like Wisconsin and Illinois and people like that for football, basketball, Michigan State basketball. We got all this stuff going on. I don't, you know you don't need to be you know, well. We need to have an alliance. Oh, and by the way, you should be pushing hard for the twelve team playoff. Hey, you should be pushing hard for the is a Big Ten for the twelve team playoff. Why are you trying to get multiple teams in? See, this is what this this is another element that bothers me about this. When I hear George Klyovkov of the Pac twelve, the Pac twelve commissioner, well, we're a little concerned about this twelve team playoff. What are you concerned about? Okay, none last of these teams year, are going to get in. <laughs> last last year, exactly. In other words, he's, he's concerned the rich going to get richer. Right now, you're not getting anybody in. Last year, the Pac-12 would not have had a team in. They wouldn't have made it. Even with the six conference champions, the Pac-12 would not have had an at-large team or a conference champion in. If you're the Big Ten, and I'm talking to this group, I'm looking at everybody, excuse me, have confidence in what you have. Okay, This is what you have. Right, and let's let's take the AAU and the academics out of it for a moment. Let's just do this from an athletic point of view. All right, so you know, with all due respect to all the academics out there, okay, let let's just do this by by the athletic part of it. Okay, you have, I mentioned the brands. Within the confines of your own conference, you have a one hundred eleven thousand seat stadium in Ann Arbor. 110,000 in State College, 105,000 in Columbus, 90,000 in Lincoln, 90,000 
in Madison. And on and on we go. You've got some of the best iconic venues in the country in your own conference. You have TV markets all over the place. New York, Baltimore, Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Chicago, Detroit, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Madison, right? Lincoln, Omaha, all right? Des Moines. You've got all those markets just in your just in your conference. In 2016, four of your teams would have made the Big Ten, would have made the college football playoff in the 12-team deal. Penn State would have had the bye as the conference champion. Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, based on rankings, all would have been in that top 12 and would have made it as at-large teams. Have confidence in your product. Have confidence that Ohio State has, has done a lot of great things on the field. Have confidence that Penn State's had three eleven win seasons since 2016. Have confidence that somebody else like Wisconsin can step up and get in there. Have confidence in who your teams are and say, oh my goodness, what are we going to do about Oklahoma and, and, and Texas? I don't know. Go in there and beat them. It's fine. They're going to beat up on each other anyway. Have confidence in what you have, that you've got all of this in your favor to go in and get a TV contract that's going to be outstanding, no worse than number two to the SEC contract, if not continuing to be better than the SEC contract. Having an alliance with the Pac-12 and the ACC doesn't do anything for you in that regard. I, 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 I saw this. I thought, stop making decisions or thought process through panic. Who cares that Oklahoma and Texas went to the SEC? What does that matter? Maybe they get another team into the college football playoff, a team, an extra one. They're already going to get probably three to begin with, so what, they get four? Does that mean you can't have the other, you know, you can't have two of the other three spots if not all three? Of course you will. You're the Big Ten, for goodness sakes. Act like it. The Pac-12 and the ACC, they need something. Big 12's left out. Okay? And this is what has to be, this is the big problem that the Big 12 has. And I say this with all due respect. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with the institutions, but let's just do this on face value. What did they bring to the table? Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. What do they bring to the table? What? Where's the wow factor? There's no wow factor. And then when you bring in the academic part of it, for example, I think what of that group, Iowa State and Kansas are the only two in the AAU. It doesn't. It's not what. That's not what you're trying to do. Just look around and say, you know what? No offense. We'll work with anybody, anywhere, to make things better. But as the Big Ten, we don't have to do anything. We don't have to expand. We just need to get a new TV contract and go from there. And you know what? We're going to concentrate on that. If you want to do some sort of scheduling thing along the way, you know, or maybe it'll increase the hype or whatever, fine. But remember. The SEC is going to sit there, and they're going to schedule down. They're not changing. They're not going to nine conference games. They're still going to play eight. 
and they'll play one decent out-of-conference game or a great one like Clemson and, and Georgia, obviously, is a great non-conference game this year. But you're going to have teams like Alabama, whatever, they're going to play a decent non-conference game somewhere, and they're going to play three teams that they are their prohibitive favorite no matter what. And you're just going to build up wins, and everybody's going to go, look at how great the SEC is. they got all these wins. Yeah, again. Because... Right? And you're out there and you're out there saying USC's gonna play Penn State. Hey, y'all slow down. Penn State's already got Auburn on the schedule. USC already has Notre Dame on the schedule. All you're doing when you're doing that, that is you're hurting yourself while the other guy's accumulating wins and, and putting out you know false bravado. This is what happens when you panic. Don't panic. Okay? You got something that's really good. Enjoy it. So I tried to tell the suit. Tried to tell him. I guess he came up with the idea and wants to charge the other people in the in the uh in the press box just to be in the same booth with him. I said, I'm sorry, I just Oh my almighty I just don't think it's fair. I just it's just me. <laughs> Come back with more in a moment. We're brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, whatever. They've got it all. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Reginald Walker, next half hour. Great to have Reggie back on the show as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Your home Friday night for Shikolemi football. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They have... Yeah, motorcycle, boat, whatever it may be. They have it all. It's all Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. The Pirates evidently have uh, designated... Gregory Polanco for assignment. Now, they may bring him back, believe it or not. The Orioles have lost 17 in a row. Now, there are different ways of looking at that. One is, I'm rooting for a record-setting team. It doesn't say which record. Meanwhile, you can be like Matt, Captain Frontrunner. <laughs> You're a front runner. My my fandom for the Yankees is real. It is not front runner. 
it may look like it from the outside, but if you get to know how I became a Yankee fan, it's it you'll understand. Boy, it's been a long century. All right, so uh, <laughs> with that, we bring in my old friend Reginald Walker. Reggie, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Steve. I'm trying to be a winner, but I, I, I'm getting it from you. So that's where it started, and, and, and I've known you for quite a while. And uh, super cool to be back on with you. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of the Buckos. I will call them the Buckos. I spent enough time in State College to be able to do that. <laughs> but I'm going to leave you guys with this. Go Giants. That's where I stand in baseball. <laughs> what a year. What a year for the Giants. How about that? I mean, I thought that, you know, I think a lot of people thought, oh, yeah, they'll get to the end of June. They'll start to fade. They'll, nope. They just keep on winning. Amazing. I, I thought the same thing. I agree. All right. So, uh so let's get everybody up to date on where you are, what you're doing, and what your plans are going to be this season. Then we'll get into some general football stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, this will be a pretty busy season. Um, I thought I am, so. Yeah, I'm the uh, radio analyst for Gardner-Webb Football, which is an FCS program uh, in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, they play in the Big South. Um, Gabe Wilkins, uh, one of the famous alums from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Trey Lamb, I, check this out, Steve. Coach Trey Lamb at Gardner-Webb uh, was hired in December of 2019. Um, he fir- he coached his first game this past spring, so he he's he's just looking forward to being able to coach in the fall. Uh, the cool thing for him is he finished two and two in the spring, yeah. so he still has a 500 record going into his career. So that's a good thing. Um, and then uh, I'll do some uh, TV, ESPN three, ESPN plus for Charlotte 49ers, right. and I'm also in the mix to potentially do some digital games uh, for big ESPN. So. Who knows where I'll be uh, from week to week, but uh, the cool thing for me is hopefully I get to spend a lot of time talking to you, and I have to study the country because I never know where I'll be. Exactly right. Uh, I have to ask you about the Gardner-Webb situation for a moment. When you talk to the coach, uh, something that was brought up a year ago when people were contemplating whether the Big Ten would go to the spring or pick up its, or start its season in late October, they were talking about playing a number of games in the spring and how it would affect the next season. When you talk to the Gardner-Webb people, they played four times in the spring. Any concern for them about the quick turnaround from spring to playing in the fall? For them, not as much because they didn't play the previous fall. So certain guys, especially the freshmen that came in uh, at the beginning of the academic year at the end of 2020, obviously August time frame, physically got a chance to get their bodies ready over a four, five, six-month period before February, before ever having to try to play in a game. So from that standpoint, it helped them with the development there. Um, but they're not totally concerned physically, but they are doing some things in fall camp, not necessarily quote-unquote vet days, um, but they're being a little more strategic with off days. And as you know, now without two days being a thing anymore right. in fall camp, it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, there's you know, quite a fact... There's a little less hitting now, obviously, in, in, in training camp. Yeah, it's not completely wiped out, but there's a little bit less as mandated by the NCAA. All right, so obviously you always keep a, a close eye on what's going on in the Big Ten, Penn State. What do you think about the Big Ten? Now, this weekend, Nebraska plays Illinois to open up week zero. Everybody else, Minnesota's playing Ohio State on that Thursday night. Penn State's got Wisconsin on that Saturday. What do you think about opening with conference games as opposed to 
opening with somebody else and then getting to a conference game? I think this. I think opening with conference games creates a little more excitement. It creates a little more of a sense of urgency. I think it also creates uh, a little bit more of the right, the bragging rights, and and that kind of ratchets up from that standpoint. But to your point, when you do start with a conference game, <laughs> it's a little bit more like do or die for players and coaches, which I think is an interesting uh, dynamic. Uh, the other thing is, I think let's use Ohio State as a test case in this in this example. Right. Um, them going to Minnesota with a brand new starting quarterback. Right. CJ. We're going to find out. CJ's right. We're going to find out real fast if the Buckeyes are worthy of their ranking based on the fact that they're changing quarterbacks, or if that ranking was a little inflated to start the season. And this is another reason why I'm not a big fan of preseason rankings. Right, because you can get because if they go to Minnesota and don't play well, let's just say they let's say they do lose, does it mean they're a bad football team? Not necessarily. We know that those receivers are two of the best in the country, right? We know that they can run the football with Master Teague. What we don't know is can Stroud carry the mail like Justin Fields did right. the last couple of years? If he can, they're worthy of that number. If he can't, or if he's not ready yet, right? He needs a couple of games to get there. That's where there's concern. So I think going back to your initial question, starting with a conference game with a new and a young quarterback, um, that's a little bit more dangerous. I think most coaches will tell you they don't have a problem with it. For instance, James Franklin probably is not worried about going to Wisconsin because he knows that uh, Sean Clifford has been there before, and so he doesn't have to be that concerned about Clifford walking into that new environment. Right, yeah. He can go in there as a veteran with 20 starts under his belt. Uh, which makes which makes a big difference. And when you've been around teams with veteran quarterbacks, when you've been around that, what kind of difference does that make on the sideline? I'm talking about in practice, in sideline, in a huddle. Just the general, when you have a veteran quarterback, what difference does that make, Reginald? It's a poised concept, right? You go in there and you know that the guy that has to make it all go can make it all go. You're not worried about how he'll react to the environment if the noise will impact him. Can he communicate? Is the playbook, right? And this is one of those ones. If you remember back, I believe it was, I'm going to take us back, Rob Bolden, right? Remember sure. when he came in? He came in in right. August yep. and took over the job. And the first thing I said to everybody is I said, either that guy's the second coming of who knows, <laughs> or that's an indictment on maybe some of the other guys that are there. If he can come in and process and pass them that quickly. And I wasn't sliding those guys. What I meant was, can he walk into a brand-new environment that he's never been in with a full playbook and be able to execute every bit of communication? That is very difficult to do as a first-time starter. Um, and so when you have a veteran guy like that, when you know that, you know, for instance, even I'll go back to 2000, 2005, a guy like Michael Robinson, granted I was gone that year, but a guy like Michael, he had played so much football that you weren't worried about him walking right. into an environment as a, you know, the new starter, if you will, because he had been around and he had done it before. So as players, you realize then I don't have to do anything extra to save my quarterback. I just have to be myself. Right. And again, with Michael Robinson, as you point out, he had played so much. It may not have been quarterback, but he quarterbacked every practice. I mean, this is a, right. I mean, Michael quarterbacked every practice, but played in game, tailback, slot guy. Uh, you know, uh, they bring him in in a wildcat situation. Uh, you know, he threw a touchdown pass for goodness sakes to Zach Mills. 
I yeah, mean, people forget, people forget that, that against Illinois, Michael Robinson threw a touchdown pass to Zach Mills on a play. But when a guy's out there every single day, it makes a big difference. And not only that, what does it mean, the fact that they've developed uh, bonds in the locker room with a guy that's, that's a veteran quarterback? Well, I think that's the biggest key, and I think that's why I have so much confidence that Sean Clifford's going to bounce back this year yeah. uh, from some of his struggles last year. Uh, whether it's guys like Parker Washington, uh, John Dotson, uh, those running backs, they're going to get Noah Kane back, right? But you still have the young backs in, in, in homes uh, as well. And, and when you have that and those guys know that you can make those plays, and now a guy like Clifford who's been around – he can just look out there to Parker or just look out there uh, to Dotson, and those guys know that he's seeing the same thing that they see. Those types of things seem small, but they're such a big part of the game in college football, especially on the road. When a place like Wisconsin, and out just for anybody that hasn't been there, that is, to me, it's not the biggest stadium in the country, but to me, it's the loudest stadium in the Big Ten. I'll say it again. It's the loudest stadium in yep. the Big Ten in terms of being a road team. Now, I've never been in Beaver Stadium as a road team, so <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. Right. But it's the loudest stadium in the Big Ten, and, and so when you go into an environment like that, and it's going to be the start of the season, they didn't have fans most of last year, if at all, all of a sudden those fans are going to be extra jacked up, and for those that don't know, they can drink some cold ones inside of Camp Randall. Wisconsin's different. Yep. So they're going to be lathered up. It's a, it's a, you know, that whole scene is going to be interesting. So to have a guy like Sean Clifford with those receivers that he's been around is going to make their life that much easier. Offensive linemen that have experience, have played in games, that communication, the nonverbal is going to be important, and they're going to be able to do it because they have a guy that they know is seeing the same things that they're seeing. And here's a point I'll make here in the form of, of a question. And the point is this. A year ago, nobody had to worry about going to somebody's stadium with noise. Nobody did. I So, I mean, that, that goes to your point about the difference it makes that, well, Mike Miranda's been there as an offensive lineman before. Uh, you know, Walker's been there as an offensive lineman, not at Wisconsin. He's been there. Clifford is a quarterback. Dotson is a wide receiver where they've had to go through with crowd noise. The younger players, the, the true freshmen, never have had to do that before, Reginald. Not only the true freshmen, but even the redshirt freshmen. Think right. about it like this. Let's, let's, I'll go right back to Ohio State. Stroud is a redshirt freshman. That kid's never seen fans in college football. That's right. He, he's not seen it. Right. So it, it's one thing to see it you know, for the first time at home. It's another thing, the first time you're going to see it is on the road and you're the guy under center that has to make it all work. That can be daunting. Now, if he plays through that with no issue, that tells you he's ready to take certain steps right. in his career. But chances are it could impact um, the way he plays at least early on until he gets comfortable. The, now, the positive thing for him in being on the road at Minnesota is it's not November. That's going to help him <laughs> yeah, because if it were November, time. forget about it. I've been I've been to Minnesota in November. I've also done basketball in Minnesota in January and February. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, as as someone who, and one of the things I'm happy about is that I'm not I am no longer a college football player, 
that has to go to uh, Minnesota now that they have built a new stadium on campus. Because yeah. remember, the old Metrodome, yeah. th- the only time Beautiful. you were cold was walking from the bus to the locker room. I know. Now, you're cold the entire time. It is. It gets frigid up there. It sure does. Uh, what was the reaction down in ACC country to what to Texas and Oklahoma? Panic. It, it was utter panic because then the next the next rumors you heard right were that uh, Clemson and and somebody else was looking at breaking off and what if they try to add Clemson to the league and then it was well we got to get Notre Dame to join a conference now give them an ultimatum yesterday it was utter panic because it's already a league that and and an area of the country that they're quick to remind you that it's about basketball but at the same time they'll try to tell you that they're being disrespected a lot in football Uh, the reality of the situation is you have to win those big games um, to, to, to get past that stigma and until they do consistently that's going to continue so there was a lot of panic and a lot of concern because it was it was uh, the first response from everybody was, well, we're going to have to respond. We have to do something um, to get back on the same wavelength. And the thing that I continue to remind people is, whether it's 14 or 16, I think you're in a safe place. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if, if you're, to me, because people said to me, well, what does the Big Ten do? And I go, well, if you're not adding Notre Dame, you're not doing anything. Right, exactly. Um, so there's no point in moving. Now, right. what I think could be interesting is, is, is if – you can convince Notre Dame to sit down with NBC and say, hey, come with us, right, and, and put a doubleheader on NBC every week in whatever conference we go to, and now you have three tiers, if you will, right, whether it's the ESPN or Fox, right, depending on ACC or Big Ten, plus your conference network, plus NBC. Right. Now, if you have three tiers of TV rights at that level, now you're doing something, and the money is moving, and now you're going to take control. Right. But unless you're going to bring Notre Dame and the NBC money, I don't know how you're adding any real dollar figures to what you're trying to do. Exactly. Always a pleasure, my friend. Great to have you back on the show. Look forward to talking again. Absolutely. I appreciate it, and uh, always good time to talk to Steve Jones because not only are you the man and the voice, <laughs> but you also taught me in school. How about that? Well, maybe I got one right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you very much. Take care. Be well. If you own an RV, you know your home on wheels needs the same protection as your actual home. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. Whether you hit the road for a weekend or a few months, Purdy Insurance can cover all of your recreational vehicles. From RVs, ATVs, and side-by-sides to motorcycles and golf carts, offering you great coverage at the best price. Call Purdy Insurance at 570-286-5855 or request a quote online at purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. It's all about what brings value, and I'm not just talking about money. Certainly money is important. What institutions or what steps that, that we could take would bring value to our conference. Um, And I do think uh, that there are conferences out there that could bring value from a monetary standpoint, particularly speaking about the 
our television contract and our, our television revenues. The Big Ten really prides itself on being more than just an athletics conference. Conference in terms of of our provosts get together. We you know we share some library resources, some other academic resources. If you look at that footprint of Pac-12, uh, ACC, and Big Ten, it's 40 percent of the AAU membership. Uh, Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics, Sandy Barber, on Saturday. So, look, if you want to do an alliance on research, great. You want to do an alliance on library, great. Um, uh, you know, I don't mind if you schedule a game here or there. That's that's fine. But I, you know, you're the you're the conference in the power position. Act it. That's how I look at it. You're the conference at a power position. So just be a conference at a power position. You know, just because Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, whoa, oh my God, oh, now we need pods and we need it. So please, just stop it. <sighs> Believe me, there are a lot of boring SEC games, too. I mean, not every game is Auburn and Alabama on Thanksgiving weekend. All right? Not every game is the SEC championship game. There are a lot of duds, too. Oh, great, Alabama's playing Vanderbilt. Can't wait. I mean, not even the SEC network sitting there saying, do we have to take that? Really? You're going to force us to? Okay. It's part of your contract. Okay. So I just love, they make every SEC game seem like, that's the greatest. There I go, no, it's a blowout. It's not really that great. South Carolina's playing Missouri. Oh, what what time? (laughs) What time is it? It's appointment TV. No. Here's the thing. If it's on SEC Network and not on CBS, nobody cares. (laughs) It's just... It's a conference that has, obviously, some terrific teams in there. No doubt. Terrific teams. Uh, No getting around it. Um, But at the same time, um, it is something that... Let's not pretend every school in the thing is awesome and incredible. Like, whoa. I mean, no, no, no. And that they don't have dog games. Hey, can't wait. Kentucky's playing Vanderbilt. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, so, While Oklahoma and Texas does send shockwaves when you have two major brands like that going to a major brand like the SEC, yeah. So people initially start wondering, how do we counter this? How do we counter it? Just counter it by being you. You've got to realize what you have is good enough. So I look at it. Thanks to Reginald Walker for being on the show today. Also, the fact that Matt finally admitted just absolute pure front-runner status. Um, <laughs> sure. 
Especially he made that announcement earlier today. He's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. <laughs> I can assure you that'll never be the case. A.K.A. Rondé Barber in 2003. What a day for Tampa. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 